The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everybody. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. Dayton's all news and talk is 1290-957-WHIO. There is a season Welcome to another debate-free edition of There is a Season. The Geezer and Whippersnapper Hour is upon you. And this show, celebrating 10 years on the air, is still the only show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. And speaking of debates, I'm still thinking, Bob, that it should be the other way around. It should be how we age, how we change, and so forth. Be careful, I might just talk over every word you say on this show. Well, I'm used to that. Yeah, look who's talking. Are you going to tell me to shut up, man, by the mm-hmm. way, at any point in the show? Maybe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? We just we could just mock everything we just saw this week. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to weigh in on what you hear here, you can write to us anytime and get in touch. How would you do that, Gloria? Well, there are three ways to reach us. One, you could use the handy In Touch tab on our website, thereisaseasonshow.com. Or two, you could send us an email to Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. Or if you still like ink and paper, you can go on and mail us a letter to There Is A Season, Care of Cox Media at 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio, 45409. And we'll look for those uh, cards and letters. And does anybody do telegrams? Wouldn't that be cool? No, Bob, you're stuck in the Telegram. dark ages, I think. Maybe a candy gram, balloons. No, uh, don't go to the trouble, really, it, especially COVID season. Anyway, <laughs> you know, you, you hear something fairly regularly these days that there's been some breach, some large trusted entity, maybe a popular retailer, maybe a hospital, maybe a social media platform, or maybe some other entity has had a breach. Maybe even a credit rating service like Equifax or something. Yeah, it wasn't that fun, yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. Even those services that would rate and rank your credit worthiness have their own problems with keeping your information safe. Yes, and according to one source, Bob, there were approximately 165 million known records lost in data breaches in 2019 alone. A staggering number. And I mean, that could just be the tip of the iceberg. Yes, and of course, when these massive data breaches occur, there are usually lawsuits, you know, class action suits and so forth. There may be some hearings before relevant authorities, and everybody kind of does a collective groan out there in the populace. And then we realize there's a lot we can't do about it, so we move on with our lives, hoping hoping nothing happens to us. Mm, Yeah, exactly. And that's understandable given so much is beyond our control with all the data and that the government and credit card companies and online retailers and others have about us. They just have so much about us already. We kind of just trust that they all know what they're doing and that we'll all be okay, right? Yeah, you'd like to think. (laughs) But a quick check of Wikipedia even shows an enormous list of the biggest data breaches of all time. And their list only covers those with record losses over 30,000. So if you had a record loss of 29,500, you didn't make the list. 
What, 29,000 records? What's that, right? <laughs> Yahoo might be the poster child for data breaches with one loss in 2014 of 500 million records and another the year before that. Are you ready for this? Are you sitting I, down? I, actually, you are sitting down. I am down. sitting down, actually. Three billion records. They initially said oh it was my. about a billion. They had to revise it later on. Oh, wow. So this has been going on for quite a while. Yet, if you listen to stations like this one, you hear advertising for companies promising to help protect your identity. You, the so-called little guy or gal, you're not some big company with an unlocked back door. So why should you be concerned? Well, Bob, everybody with a social security number, right, is at risk for identity theft. And even though experts say that identity thieves have many ways to wreak their havoc, the social security number is still sort of, you know, I'd call easy pickings for thieves, right? Most targeted, you wanna know who that would be? Who would that be? The very young and the very old. Well, they, they say children are targeted, and you think about this. In, in a way, they're sort of, I hate to be so graphic about it, they're fresh meat for the hackers and for the, the identity thieves out there. Uh, they have a new social security number, so it allows somebody to establish a fraudulent, clean slate. Okay, so the, the, an awful lot of other social security numbers and other forms of identity may be exchanged on the dark web and so forth, but upon a new child being born, they get a new SS number, and now they're and think about it. Who knows that their child has been, you know, that their identity has been stolen? Who really goes out and looks and checks the identity of your of your child? Yeah, something most, to think about. Probably yeah. should. A lot of people certainly don't. I mean, a lot of people think, well, okay, my kid's born. I got to get a social security number. I'm going to take that card and stick it in the fire safe or whatever. I'll tuck it in a wallet. Although they say never to carry it in a wallet. But it, yes, you're right. It does does not register that this person has any threat of an identity uh, theft going on, but children are certainly a target. What's yes. another target? Seniors are targeted most often um, as well, and often over the telephone and through internet phishing scams. Um, some studies even suggest that people become more trusting as they age, which explains why it's more difficult for older adults to detect fraudsters. And fraudsters have gotten so Oh, they're just so good at sounding like they're legit when they call. We've had uh, we've had John North on here from the Better Business Bureau, and we've talked a number of times in the past about uh, different scams that affect seniors. And we'll be talking more about scams today. But one of them that I remember uh, was the one where you, what are they called? The grandchild. Oh yes. Calls up and says, "Oh, that they're in know, jail." Grandma, I'm in jail, or I'm broken down on the side of the road in Timbuktu, and can you send money? Or your credit card number information. Right. And, right. right. And, and just real sick things that take advantage of the fact that, you know, people living independently may not have all of the guards up. Right. Uh, in, exactly. In these situations. So seniors are another target. And then maybe some others that you have thought about or haven't thought about. Members of the military are another group. So while deployed, you know, active duty members of the armed forces are particularly vulnerable to identity theft because they may not notice mistakes on their credit reports or receive calls even from debt collectors regarding a fraudulent charge. Now, according to FTC reports, military consumers are most affected by credit card and bank fraud. In 2018, there were as many as 11,000 credit card fraud reports uh, by members of the military. 11,000 may not sound that big a number, but those are the ones that are reported, right? Just like the number that uh, Gloria read at the beginning here, we talked about 165 million records lost in one year. That's that's known data. That doesn't count what we don't know. 
right. doesn't count what might be going on fraudulently uh, behind the scenes. And certainly the military can be at risk. They're obviously off doing another job far more important than, than having to watch their credit and people can take advantage. Yeah, and big ones are loan or lease fraud reports. Every single area there, whether it be an auto loan lease, real estate loans, apartment leases even, are all up from previous years. Some by as much as 80% fraudulent it's stuff. It's just, just terrible. Just terrible, yes. And now another one, and this one may make sense, although it is amazing how people forget uh, about this, social media users. Mm -hmm. It's relatively easy for cyber criminals to discover a person's name, date of birth, phone number, where they live, their hometown, and all of that sensitive information through social media and networking sites. And with all that information together, an identity thief can target victims for imposter scams and phishing scams. And they just go up and up because social media platforms, um, and we'll talk about this in just a moment here, uh, about some things you can do to, to be safer in social media. But just think about how the platforms have proliferated. Uh, yeah. You know, the big one is obviously Facebook for a lot of people. Uh, and now some people tweet. We're not we're not tweeters here. Right? I just became a tweeter, actually. You became a tweeter. Well, I'll, I'll be looking for your 2 a.m. in the morning. No, actually, uh, I don't tweet. I just watch tweets. Yeah, there's there's probably some name for that. It's probably a pejorative, so we won't we won't repeat it. But so it's called peekers, not peepers, not posters. Is that for tweeting too, or is I, that just for Facebook? I made that up. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> you, you look at all these platforms. You look at others that the the younger folk are out doing. I mean, certainly Instagram is another social platform out there, mm -hmm. and and they go on and on. So by the time we catch up with it here, there's another three or four <laughs> platforms down the road, and people put out a lot of information. Yeah. Out there. They, they love to just tell about themselves, and often they're risking their identity. And it doesn't mean that even if you're using a professional uh, social media or, or career site like LinkedIn, that it can't happen there as well. Right. People do put a lot of information out there, a lot of contact stuff, and so that's another category for people who are most at risk. So that may make it sound like everybody is at risk. And you'll see that there are certain behaviors that you can adopt here that lower your risk if you mm -hmm. happen to use social media a lot. Now, another category, uh, which is kind of the insult to injury category, <laughs> involves repeat victims. Yeah, so people who have previously been affected by identity theft are at a greater risk for future identity theft and fraud. Um, and according to the Center for Victim Research, 7 to 10% of the U.S. population are victims of identity fraud each year. And 21% of those experience multiple incidents of identity fraud. That's depressing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's so, a mess yeah, you get, when you that get, happens to you, you already. You once and you, right. you feel like you've patched up your life and got it back together yeah. and then you get hit again. Yeah. And here's one that's, uh, you know, this has come up a little bit with some reports of, of, of election fraud, you know, of, of all things. But, but people seem to make an awful lot out of folks who have gone before us. Mm -hmm. And one of the categories is... The deceased. So these identity thieves can target the recently departed with information gleaned from public obituaries. Can you figure that out? And access the de deceased social security number through the Social Security Administration's master death file. Okay, who knew? Stealing a dead person's identity is commonly referred to as ghosting. And it often goes unnoticed by surviving family for months or years. And if you think it's a small thing, well, look at this stat here. Deceased identity stolen per year approaches two and a half oh my million. Goodness. Two and a half million identities. 
that somebody is out there looking to mine and and do nefarious things with. Right. So, Bob, everybody's not out there rioting. Some are just out <laughs> keeping to themselves. Well, well they're not right? out. They're, they're buried in they're, the basement. Right. They're, they're out in their homes. Yes. Just stealing our identities. There are some regional differences, believe it or not. Uh, identity theft reports per 100,000 are higher in the South, in, in Georgia, of all places. Nevada, California, these are some other states uh, that have uh, quite a problem for, with this. Ohio actually is down around 30, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily a good thing. Uh, it just means that it's less than some of those other states on here. I'm thinking I'd like to live out like in Montana. They look like they don't have a whole lot of hackers out there. Well, I, look at the numbers, I, I, Bob. I don't know. You're, it could show up anywhere, right? I could, but, you now, know. Now, uh, we're going to share some resources <laughs> with you later in the program here uh, about all kinds of identity theft. We're going to share some top scams from this year, but also all kinds of other theft that you might want to watch out for. Now, if you don't have the technical skill to do all of these things, you can ask somebody else who maybe is a little wiser, and that, that person will probably be, what, about 12? 12, 13 years old, tops? No. Find somebody who knows what, you know, black hat hackers are and bots and uh, credential cracking and all these things. Go find some engineer. They'll be able to tell you all about it. If you really want to dig into the weeds on this. Yeah. However, when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, certain basic things that affect social media. Passwords and credit monitoring, file storage, paper documents, phone and email contacts so these are some of the basics that you can uh, you know try to look into and polish up as you go forward coming up we'll have more about identity theft and these tips for securing your identity all around plus later on we will talk about the top 10 list of scams this year and we're also going to talk about scams related to covid another insult to injury keep it locked right where you are You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria Show. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. Thanks for being with us today. So we're talking about identity theft, and if it hasn't happened to you or someone you know, well, you'd be surprised just how easily it can happen, and we're here to help you avoid all that. Now, according to Brian Stack, who's a vice president of engineering and dark web intelligence at Experian Consumer Services, there are tips that we should all be following to help secure our identity, our finances, and our property. And he starts off, Bob, by talking about social media. Let's hear what this expert has to say. So they say, so the expert, Brian Stack, says, when establishing your profile on social media sites, don't list your phone number. Okay? Don't list your phone number. Don't put your date of birth on there. And don't list your relatives. This can only help identity thieves to commit fraud and gain access to other online accounts. Don't share photos while you're on vacation. This should be real easy to understand. That could make your home an instant target for burglary. Wait till you get home. As a matter of fact, I would argue in some cases, if you have younger children, don't put your children in a lot of photos on social media. You don't want to indicate to people that part of your life, that private part of your life. There is a way to do social media that doesn't tell everything you've bought, everything you do, everywhere you are. These youngsters, though, they want to tweet while they're on vacation. They want to 
they have well, to. It's not just youngsters, though. We, we know other folks who Oh, are, I know, you know lots of people who I'm are. I'm out dining at such and such, or I'm here, or I'm there. Or so-and-so was yeah. at this restaurant in this state, and you're like, oh, they're on vacation. Look at this great new car I bought. Right, exactly. <laughs> So another area um, that Brian talks about is passwords, okay? So plain and simply, passwords are electronic keys to your most important accounts. Don't use the same password for multiple accounts. Use a free password manager tool to create complex passwords that will autofill only on your devices. Many, many people use the same password over and over because they can't remember passwords that they've set up like me, like myself. I, I told you there was a guy who did a riff on this somewhere on YouTube and he, he does this whole <laughs> thing about security, how people will put, you know, the first initial in their last name or vice versa. And then they'll say, well, no, you've got to have a number on there. So they put the number one at the end of it. And then, or an exclamation then you, point. And then or you something. put an exclamation point when you have a right. special character. So right. a lot of us are, are doing habits that are uh, not that secret, even though we think we're being clever. Right. All right. So credit monitoring is an area that you think would, would help you with your identity uh, protection, but the experts say don't expect that credit monitoring will provide total protection. Credit monitoring only accounts for some alerts from ID protection services. So it's not that complete. So another important area is file storage. Having important information on your personal devices is necessary for most people, but make sure those devices are locked from prying eyes. All your important data should be encrypted and be sure to have antivirus and malware protection installed. Now that's your electronic files, but think about your paper documents too. You may still receive mail. Not everyone uh, is paper free. And some of this mail has personal information, right? different numbers on it, different dollar amounts and so forth. Industrious bad guys will go through trash to find useful data. Shredding used to be a big deal or burning your files. Yeah, I, I have a allowed, campfire. Right? I just save it all year. Make mm -hmm. it, get it handy and separate that kind of stuff from your regular trash and ask around if there are people who are willing to do shredding. It, sometimes they schedule that yeah, at different for places. for free. Mm -hmm. Or if you're in a place where you can burn this stuff, go ahead and do that or shred it yourself. Right. Now, the last one that he recommends checking out is your phone and email contact. These are people who will identity thefts who will say they're from your bank or the electric company or even a government agency such as the Internal Revenue Service or Medicare, call them back at a phone number from an official source such as the agency's website. Do not ever give information over the phone. They usually don't reach out via phone and never give account numbers or information from anyone who sounds legit like and, that. And that's a good overview for what we're going to get into on the other side of the news yeah. here. Uh, we'll get into more detail on just those kinds of things. So there's a lot more to dig into in this how-to uh, part of the discussion, and we'll have some resources like we promised at the end of the show. Just ahead, we'll talk about the top 10 scams of the year, plus scams related to COVID. Please stay with us. You're listening to There's a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. W-H-I-O. This is W-H-I-O's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, this is Rush Limbaugh. This is my home in the Miami Valley. Dayton is our number one priority. You know that. And as news breaks, we'll break in anytime. 1290-957. W-H-I-O. Welcome back to There's a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Today we're talking about identity theft. We're talking about things you can do that would protect yourself in social media, in the passwords you create, in credit monitoring. 
uh, in file storage, in the, in the handling of your paper documents, phone and email contacts, and a lot more. And if you've got some ideas you want to share with us, you can email us at bobandgloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. We'll be happy to add that to the library of knowledge on this topic. Now, there's all kinds of stuff. You alluded to it before we went to the break, Gloria, about uh, ways that people try to scam. And there is a list put mm. out by consumerfraudreporting.org that lists the top 10 scams of this year. It's almost like an award show, right? Yeah. And so what is the number one uh, top, uh, top scam? The number one is debt collection. Okay, so most of the complaints under this category involve debt collectors. Consumers tell of receiving calls from harassing collectors who are threatening and will repeatedly call attempting to collect a debt. Other complaints that fall under this category involved credit or debit card fees, payday loans, credit repair companies, and unauthorized use of credit and debit cards. That's a big one. Some of these companies, or some of these complaints, um, involved hidden fees and billing disputes as well. So they'll call up and, and they'll just scare you. Most of these scammers work on fear. Right, and, and they, they have enough information from something they've gleaned somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They have a certain rat-a-tat way of talking about things. And even the pre-recording before you get a live voice will sometimes, you know, be threatening. They'll or they'll say, say that we have been trying to reach you. Yeah, you been must to, yeah, don't get hang up. Don't hang up. Blah, this blah, is blah. important, exactly. Another thing is fake government officials, right? So people are afraid to be in debt and have a collector out after them. They're, they don't want to hurt their credit rating. They're also afraid of government authority. So if you receive an email, letter, or phone call from a government agency, and a lot of times it could be the IRS or the FBI, and it asks you to wire money to use Western Union or MoneyGram or something else like that, or follow a link to enter information, do not believe it. The US government would never instruct anyone to use those methods to pay any bill or carry out a financial transaction, particularly with an overseas bank or agency. So think this through, right? And sometimes if you're savvy enough and you read through the text of the language, you'll find grammatical errors, which is usually a nice giveaway. Mm -hmm. um, but our government does not ask you to wire money to other places. That's right. Um, the other one would be identity theft, fishing, and farming. That's pH farming, not <laughs> agricultural farming. Scammers can gain access to your confidential information, like your social security number, date of birth, and then they use it to apply for credit cards, loans, and other financial accounts. Now, typically, the victim will receive an email or sometimes a phone call, and it appears to be credible. You know, it sounds like a real bank or a real credit card company. There will either be links to a website or sometimes a verbal request to update your account information. This actually happens over the phone quite frequently these days. But the website, the phone call, and the email, they're all fakes, but they are made to look and sound like the real deal. And speaking of phone scams, which we know affect a lot of people, and uh, we will have some tips uh, later on about how you may be able to help protect a senior who might be vulnerable to something on the phone. But the range of phone scams is, is huge. I mean, mm -hmm. you have telemarketers who flat out violate the do not call list, right? Or, you know, you try to block one number and suddenly that same organization is using some other yes, number. they call their, again. their computer has run through data banks and figured out what numbers are available. The ones that I find really insidious, whether they're selling things legitimately or not, are the ones that either use local uh, area, area codes. code things yep. 
or they use the, the final four digits or something similar to one of your numbers. Or wireless caller, right. which makes it think it's somebody trying to get in touch with Some, you, maybe I, about I, a loved one or I something. I had one with the person's name that popped up. And I'm thinking, hmm, hmm, might be I, somebody. I, I, is that person from church? Do I know right. them from some other thing? Right. And it's it's baloney. It's nonsense. Yep. yep. So uh, the Do Not Call Registry and the National uh, Do Not Call list for people, say, in Canada, uh, offers a free way to reduce telemarketing calls. These are national services that are out there. Scammers call anyway, and they even found a way to scam consumers by pretending to be a government official calling to sign you up. Uh, confirming your previous participation in the do not call list. I mean, see, look at that's this pretty is. bad, All isn't it? Clever. Sign you up for the right. do not call list, and it's not even. Yes, or they'll tell you but, that some yeah. membership you've got, or license key for software, or something else has expired. Basically, get smart about answering the phone. Yeah, and if you're one of these people who's worried about the phone and all this kind of scam. Let it go to an answering machine, machine, and that way you're not talking to somebody Often they won't leave a message. That's another good sign that it's a scam. Right. So another one are loan scams and credit fixers, okay? These are false promises of business or personal loans. Even if your credit is bad, they'll say, well, for this small fee up front, okay, big scam. Sometimes a scam will even promise to repair your credit for a little fee. Don't give them any information at all. Right. Clark Howard has <laughs> talked about all that kind of stuff before. I mean, yep. just, you know, and you can catch Clark Howard on this uh, station as well. All, all that kind of stuff about fixing your credit, your loans and all that. Alarms should be going off. Now, here's another one. Fake prizes, oh sweepstakes, <laughs> free gifts, lottery scams uh, can pop up in your email at any time. And again, they're asking for a small fee to claim or cover handling costs for right? this big big thing right forget that you've won it. forget about it that's it's just it's too all good bogus. to be true right yeah internet merchandise scams is another one you purchase something online but it is either never delivered or it is not what they claimed it was or it's defective online shopping and other shop from home such as catalog mail and phone shopping scams are on the rise one that has been uh, bugging me lately here are automobile-related complaints. Now, this can be car <laughs> loans, car buying, car sales, auto repair, and all that. But a big one is the fake or useless extended warranty. Yes. We've been trying to get in touch with you. We've been trying. You are in danger of your warranty running out. Right. Okay, it's... My, my car is 16 years old. Okay. <laughs> or or I've gotten them and I have an extended warranty on my car. I'm like, yeah, right. I already have that. Right. So, so and, and there are plenty of other companies out there legitimately now offering insurance for older cars and so forth. That's different. You know, if you want to buy that insurance to cover some big repair, you know, we're not knocking that kind of stuff here. But if they're calling you and telling you you've got these warranties you can extend or you need to be doing this, uh, it's become a big annoyance right. for folks. And the best way to do that, if you do want an extended warranty, Bob, on your car, seek that out yourself. Go find it yourself on the internet. Don't right. wait for them to come right. to you, right? Credit bureaus and related credit scams, another big one, credit card or debt car fees, payday loans, which we mentioned earlier, credit repair companies and unauthorized use of credit or debit cards. Some of these complaints did include those hidden fees and billing disputes. And the last of the uh, top 10, and the list goes on beyond this. And oh. we, we just don't have time in one program to cover all of this. But phishing and spoofing emails are, are when you get something that looks like it's legitimate. It may come from a, a website or a web page or an email that has uh, a logo on it. That's something you recognize from an organization or from a government agency. A lot of times, if you click through at the bottom, you know, either to social media links or other things, you can start, you can, there are ways of validating 
whether what you've received is bogus. Yeah, the email that it comes from usually looks a little suspicious. Right. It doesn't it, look official. It's not straightforward. Right. And we'll share this list and more. Um, you know, there's, there's other stuff like fake check payments, scholarship and student loan scams, online dating, um, Facebook friend scams. A lot of people have been victimized by that. Scholarship, student loan, and financial aid. That's a big one now. Fake bills and invoices and so forth. There's, there's quite a bit out there still that... Uh, it makes the list here is, the, is look how far this list goes it keeps going down here 23 24 25 the list goes long and so if you want to look through this we'll have the uh, the address for you it's consumerfraudreporting.org but given that this year has been uh, particularly absurd and we have dealt with the uh, collective and personal uh, horror of the coronavirus um, uh, plague pandemic of whatever you want to call it we thought it made sense to look into those scams that are related to that because, of course, you know, it's, it's the way some people make money right. is to exploit the fear and, and the problems that other people oh, have. Right. So we've so. come up here with a list of the top eight scams related to COVID-19. And what's one of the first? Yeah, so a big one is vaccines and cures for sale, believe it. Sadly, at this point and most likely for many months, there's not going to be a vaccine or cure for the virus. So don't fall for anybody calling saying that they've got one that they can sell you for such and such price. If you if you do get a vaccine that comes along or you hear about it in the news, it's going to be it's going to be some time, but it's going to go through certain channels and those channels yeah. will be predictable channels, people that you know and trust right. that will be offering it. No one's going to be calling up or sending you a mailer saying, you know, here you go. Same thing with tests for sale. At this point, um, we, we don't, we're not, we're getting closer, but there aren't tests that consumers can order for themselves. No, you know, not right now. Right. Mm -hmm. You can't, it's, it's not like a pregnancy test. You walk into the pharmacy and say, Hey, can I get one of those COVID-19 things? Yeah. Somebody we, might even knock on your door. I heard the other day and in a white coat with a little ID and they will say that they can test you for free. Right. It's <laughs> just, just nonsense. So look, look again here for, mm -hmm. uh, where testing is happening through official channels. Yes, yes. There's also fake charities popping up. Um, you know, many of us are eager to help those that are less fortunate than ourselves. And scammers obviously know that. So they're contacting people by email, phone calls, and other ways, urging them to donate to fake charities that may seem very real. People can make this more personal, too, even if it's not an organization uh, charity. Um, th there can be campaigns for people in need, you know, personal uh, campaigns for people like, you know, GoFundMe type accounts for somebody who may be suffering from COVID or a family that's been struck by it. Do your homework. Look into these things. Ask for other references. Ask for other people who may have donated to something like that before you part with your money. Okay. Social security related scams. This is common. Don't fall for it. If you're contacted by somebody who needs personal information from you in order to make sure you keep getting your social security benefits, here's the fear factor. Don't believe it. Do not believe your benefits will be interrupted due to the COVID-19 emergency. Do not give information over the phone. Some others here, these are COVID-related penny stock scams. Uh, always, it's, it's just generally a good idea to avoid penny stocks. Also, tax-related scams, just as the Social Security Administration isn't going to call, text, or email you about benefits. They're going to send it in paper. Same thing with the IRS. And work-at-home scams. You know, they'll say you can make money at home. A lot of people are out of work. This is an area where they want you to give them your bank account number or credit card number so that they can give you some startup materials for this unbelievably fake job they're offering. 
We'll share uh, more about this particular list for COVID-19 when we come back, plus other resources we've mentioned in this program, and a bit more when we wrap up right after this. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There's a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. Well, holy moly, who knew there were so many ways to scam people? It's disgusting, but it's a reality, and unfortunately, far too many people are victims. One thing we wanted to pass along with regard to our seniors, especially if you're caring for a senior, are some tips for the first line of defense should a call or email come. So one of the first things you can do to protect somebody in terms of phone calls is to buy phones that have screen out capability. And it's pretty easy, you buy this technology, you can put in a known directory of people who call. It could be you, child, spouse, cousin, whatever. Put all the people in there, maybe it's 10 names, 15 names, whatever it is. Everybody else gets routed out. So when the phone call comes in, it rings and if people don't answer it on the very first ring it will roll over and go into the abyss if it's not somebody known in the directory right and you also could um share this with people that you love and care for if they're answering the phone they need to listen for an immediate recognizable voice like hi mom this is gloria or hello this is jane from church listen for clues that the voice matches the person you know as well also, if you answer and hear nothing for a few minutes but silence or seconds, you know, just hang up because it's a computer listening to hear you say hello or worse yet, it will ask a question and you're going to respond yes. Never, Never ever, ever say yes. Say yes. Never. So if you accidentally hang up on someone you know, guess what? You can always apologize when that person calls you back. But generally, if there's a delay, it means there's a computer listening to hear your voice and then route you to a scammer or salesperson of some kind. Now you might consider placing an index card near the phone uh, on the chance that someone might forget these basics. Just a little reminder, you also had uh, something about ransomware messages on the computer. Yeah, so people who are internet savvy and on their computer, sometimes this big red exclamation point or something similar will pop up and it says, oh, you have to do this right now to get your computer to keep working. And you can either call the number or whatever. Don't call the number. Don't enter anything. That never happens from Microsoft, Apple, nowhere. It just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. And call someone else who may know computers better. Okay. Yes. That's the safe thing to do. All right. Here are the resources. You want to write these down. For the top 10 scams, actually the list goes on almost to 30. It's consumerfraudreporting.org. Consumerfraudreporting.org. For the coronavirus scams, it's the Motley Fool uh, website, which is simply fool.com. And the article is Beware of These Eight Coronavirus Scams. The identity theft statistics, uh, very interesting information in there, uh, is from the consumeraffairs.com website. Um, and there's an excellent whole section there about different technology and so forth. If you want to do a deep dive on ways that you can be scammed, the author is Rob Douglas consumeraffairs.com, identity theft statistics. And finally, guarding your identity uh, from inside Costco was one of the resources we used. The author was Steve Fisher. That's all the time we have this week. We hope you stay protected out there. If people want to get in touch, they should email us where? At there'sasasonshow.com. That's Bob and Gloria at there'sasasonshow.com. That'll do it for us today. Remember, dear friend, Seek grace in every step and never regret growing older. It is truly a privilege denied to many. The Gloria Shanahan, our terrific producers, and everyone who makes the show possible, thank you for your time and attention. 
to what we do here. We'll see you again soon. You've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 at 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. WHIO Dayton, WHIO FM, Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station. Powered by Back to Business IT. Take care of your business. We'll take care of your IT.